زمین میده در آغوش من که برده رفت زیباید فکر و حوش من بیا این زمین میده در آغوش من که برده رفت زیباید فکر و حوش We are back again with our Chasing Noor podcast. My name is Rabi. I'm a trauma expert and a therapist. And today I am here with Sheikh Sahil Mullah. Thank you for coming here onto the show today. Thank you for having us. And so um, he wears many hats. And so many topies. Many topies. <laughs> Fellow Desi's hair. He is the director of the Los Angeles chapter of the Khalil Center, as well as a resident scholar for the Islamic Society of West Valley, as well as also being a part of the IOK chaplaincy support for UCLA, as well as CSUN. And so he wears many topis in so many different ways, and it's so wonderful to see ways that he contributes to the community with uh, many years, I believe over 20 years of experience with mental health. So something that's really powerful um, about Sheikh Sahil Mullah is he really is open about a lot of mental health issues. And it's something that's very rare, especially with um, the youth group over at um, at Islamic Society of West Valley. They It's led by a, um, a brother, Brother for who is very active and outspoken about mental health challenges and finding ways to support brothers, as well as Sister Yasmina, who is also has a master's within the social sciences with Sister Fariel also supporting with her master's degree in counseling. So it's really beautiful to see how, you know, even within the youth group, you're really making sure that they're fully supported with vulnerability and authenticity. Alhamdulillah, I mean, that's uh, young people doing doing good work and, and making sure that they're taking care of the the younger people in the community so that's that's has alhamdulillah nothing to do with my influence it's just um we're happy to and blessed to have mashallah people with uh, a wide range of skill sets and um and and that want to give back to their community. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, they're really, really wonderful. May Allah bless them and all their intentions. I think what's really beautiful about the work that you do is that, um, you know, speaking of the gaps within mental health, like we had mentioned earlier, when there is that generational gap, um, finding the ways for that support. So how have you seen mental health just, you know, overall just show up within the community with, with through many years of experience? Um, you know, it's having been in the, in the masjid space for a long time, and then all of the peripheral spaces attached to yeah. to the masjid yeah. um you know you see different people different personalities different uh lifestyles different realities different family structures of course of course and yeah. um and you see the struggles that people go through and and i think life has taught me to be compassionate yeah. i very honestly have to 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 like suppress the judgmental <laughs> kind of baser self that mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm, if it's mm-hmm. a human condition it's yeah. my condition mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's a challenge that you know I, I personally face uh, and so over time you know the more you learn about yeah. people's vulnerabilities my own vulnerabilities <laughs> my own shortcomings yeah. and everybody else's uh, life challenges and mm-hmm. then then the more you learn about uh the clinical realities surrounding mental yeah, health yeah then yeah. you say well wait a second you mm-hmm. know this person is is engaged in this activity or behavior or 
or this person is struggling because of the and and so you just you learn to be more compassionate and just realize that i don't know what this person is going through and i don't know what you know is going on in their world and and the old and and subhanallah Mm -hmm, um mm You, you you know when you sit with somebody and have one conversation with them mm. of substance yes 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 no matter what differences you have with that person of course, yeah it's so powerful and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and if you come from a point of compassion generally then it will just flow to that other person yeah and yeah. even though like they may not have fit you know who the mold in terms of who you're supposed to get along with exactly exactly yeah and i think that's also you know like fitting people into molds and you had mentioned something earlier about clinical realities can you speak more about like what exactly does clinical realities mean to you clinical realities in terms of um uh specific you know the the um of course the the world of mental health professionals have Mm -hmm. as their as their reference, primary reference book in terms of diagnosing mm-hmm. uh, mental health uh, illness yeah. uh, disorders, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the the DSM five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a lot of debate in the mental health community mm-hmm. as to as to um, is this something that we buy wholesale? Is yes. this something that we fully ascribe to? And yeah, do we yeah. place those labels on people and mm-hmm, so on and so mm-hmm, forth? Mm-hmm. And regardless, and people stand on different ends of the continuum. Of course, I'm yeah. talking about mental health professionals yeah. as to whether or not they buy into that. Yeah, yeah. So um, regardless of where you stand, but I mm-hmm. think it does give some. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives uh, you a. Uh, a um, one of my professors, I still remember, she used mm-hmm. to say this in our in my uh, social work program Mm -hmm. more than 20 years ago Mm -hmm. um if you can name it you can claim it yeah so if you're Mm -hmm. able to you know if you're able to you have something to look for in Mm -hmm. criteria and Mm -hmm. and, you know human behaviors yes yes uh, yes. conditions and timelines Mm -hmm. and parameters that are there outlined in terms of what is depression well it's if you're if you're in a certain state of mind or being for x amount of time and it has debilitated you to x amount exactly um, impairment Mm -hmm. then 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 you then you you know have the ability to kind of Mm -hmm. understand the, this person's world a yes, little bit better exactly and then exactly. hopefully bring them you know up and yeah. bring them to a point of wellness and healing definitely and i think you know a lot of your words are from such a compassionate space as well of like understanding their world you know and like seeing them as the expert of their experience and i think a lot of times there's this cookie cutter model of like how to help members of our community or just mm. members of you know anybody who's asking for help and it's it's really great that you're talking about it in a wider range so a lot of times you know men experience mental health a lot differently than women so mm. how have you seen especially with the shame and the taboo of it how have you seen um men kind of you know navigating some of the challenge that they have Perhaps yeah. maybe like, you know, fathers or yeah. new fathers, new husbands. That's a really good question and an important <laughs> question, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think men have a really difficult time navigating mm-hmm. it. And particularly uh, men of color mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, particularly mm-hmm. Um, um, men who come from cultures, yeah. whether they're uh whether they're born and raised or whether raised somewhere other than america or whether they're raised in america but the children Mm -hmm. of immigrants uh african-americans latinos etc yes yes um, yes yes 
you know, who who uh, are uh, who have those challenges in terms of dealing with these things. So yeah, yeah. So um, and and then in certain cultures, it it manifests in different cultures. It manifests in different ways. Yep, yep, exactly. So. Generally speaking, I don't like to stereotype at all, yeah, yeah. but generally speaking, um, my parents are from India, so I'm son of Indian immigrants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Indian f- and Pakistani and Bangladeshi families and yeah. Sri Lankans and, uh, mm-hmm. tend not to be as communicative, right, with their feelings, with their yeah. emotions, and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. So then men that come from that community... Um, and then there may be uh, some of the stigma or taboo mm-hmm. attached to yeah. uh, to talking about these things. Yeah, yeah. Put non communication or non yes. you know the non articulation mm-hmm. alongside um, uh, existing yeah. uh, stigma. Of course. Then it even you know will clam a person up even that much more. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's challenging in yeah. in Muslim spaces with men mm-hmm. uh, to for people to acknowledge, yeah, and yeah. then even when they acknowledge, even if they acknowledge, yeah, um, will they go th- another step to you know seek out whatever resource, yeah, or, or, and, and to the extent of seeking out mental health professional help, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I think that's interesting. So you are like first generation, then Indian American and your parents. I don't know, whatever, depending on the definition you use, <laughs> second generation or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And I think that's also like, you know, part of being part of that duality of like, you know, the American culture and what that looked like. Just overall, like, how was that, you know, navigating like both dual identities right, right. as a lot of men are experiencing right. that now? Right. Um, alhamdulillah, I, I think, um, you know, I am who I am because of. <laughs> Uh, because of those dual realities yeah, and, yeah. and I think that makes me a fuller and uh, more mm-hmm. I don't know more worldly person in the good yeah. sense of the world worldly yeah, yeah. Um, and you know my father always um, uh, made it a point to make sure that we know our family our roots mm. our, our yes. people and still yeah. have relationships with people mm-hmm. back home so to speak even exactly though, exactly um, you know, you understand what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that connection. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 you know, it. I, I definitely have um, perspectives that um, span worlds and you know cultures <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, and definitely. even within the American context, within yeah. different ethnic communities and mm-hmm, so forth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that I feel, you know, make me, uh, a f- uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, a, I hope a better person, but yeah. definitely a, a fuller person and, and conscious of the multiplex of reality. Exactly, exactly. That, you know, different, um, different people have in their yeah. own lived lives. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I, one comment just to, based on the question you, you mentioned, I always yeah. thought as a father, yeah. having my own children now, yeah. <laughs> that I would be better be able to raise my children mm. because of the fact, okay, my parents struggled. I was a fool when I was, you know, I was wild when yeah. I was young, <laughs> right? Teenager mm. and all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And part of that had to do with my parents not knowing how to, not knowing what to do. Exactly. And not, not understanding yeah. my world and then therefore not, as a consequence, not knowing how to discipline and, and deal exactly. with and cope and all of that um so interesting yeah but but then i thought okay 
um, you know, I had that lived experience. I lived a, a certain lifestyle when I was younger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Did a lot of things. Okay, <laughs> when I have my own children, yes. I'm going to be able to deal with them. Yes, yes. Right? Exactly, because exactly. I went through that stuff. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm, you know, I understand America and peer yeah. pressure and this and that. I lived it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but then you have your own kids in a whole different world. Yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. Then it's a whole different world. So. Yeah. And, and the language has changed mm. the um the world of of so, social media is something that didn't exist forget about the world, social yes. media changing it didn't exist <laughs> right so yeah. understanding all these complexity mm -hmm. of realities yeah is, um, there are certain things that yeah mm -hmm. alhamdulillah certain life experiences but yeah. then other ones you don't you know i don't have a clue man yeah <laughs> that's so true and so how do you feel like you know like a lot of people are always talking about women experiencing social media and feeling like you know like they have to be a certain way there's also like that hidden conversation that's not being talked about with men and how they experience social media mm. and so the trauma of what that looks in terms of being a certain way as <laughs> yeah. well that's a good word trauma for social media. that's how i feel yeah <laughs> uh, i could talk about my experience yeah i'm social <laughs> social media illiterate Mm, so yeah <laughs> you know, it absolutely is impactful i mean i know from people close to me that um their world is very much shaped by um what they ingest and yes. and i know as a person um uh who is concerned about the state of my own heart mm -hmm. and the <laughs> hearts of others that yeah, the heart yeah. is the depository yes of everything that everything that you take in through your different senses mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then um you know, when everybody puts on their best face on social media, yes. and if you think that's how the world is, well, then exactly. you're living a far off reality. Yeah, inauthentic. And and, and it's and it's and it's you can never, mm -hmm. you can never live up to that level yeah. that you you see if you, mm -hmm. and if you mm -hmm. overly ingest it, yeah. it can be very. Um, uh, polluting to the soul and exactly. very you know, detrimental to the soul and yeah and a lot of the language that seems to come around in general is like it's suffocating it's like these expectations mm, it's not real right. and then you're you know then if you had to be perfect all the time you can't make mistakes and then yeah and be vulnerable yes, yes. and so you had uh you were you were talking about race and culture earlier and um a couple of you know clients that i have that you know were formerly incarcerated and now they're stepping back and trying to transition into life and like they're they're black muslims or they're black like uh, reverts you know within itself so how have you seen you know people that maybe have made mistakes in their life that trying to re-step back to their faith and 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 the struggle what that looks like as a man perhaps as well or if that shows up differently i think um i think that people have uh regardless of what their background come where they come from yeah. um you know you grow up in a certain environment mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you take on the prevailing kind of notions and attitudes towards yeah. um vulnerability because that's yeah. a lot of what we're talking about yes am yeah, i I'm yeah. okay with being vulnerable yeah and and the streets teach you no mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right yeah. uh, social media teaches you no yeah so if you live in a nice privileged world yeah no if you live <laughs> in a in a, in mm -hmm. a rough and tough yeah. world yeah. no yeah. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um it's i think it's difficult for you know for all men on all ends because yeah. of the environments in which they grow exactly. they grew up in yeah. and then actually there's yeah. another reality so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um 
the world you know in this world where the yeah. the sex the spectrum of sexuality yes. has been increased right exactly. let's just say yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you live in that if you um, if you immerse yourself in mm-hmm. um, in those in, in the news in the new spectrums that have evolved in yeah. that in that world yeah then maybe vulner- vulnerability is something that may be more acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the Muslim community, it's not. Nope. So, so, you know, on many levels, um, yeah. it's, it's hard to... So, so how do men emote, express, yes. you know, engage exactly. um, when they're taught these kind of social parameters as far yeah. as... You, this is how far you can go. Exactly, yeah. Do you feel like there's like, you know, like from the Quran in general, like are there any like conversations that you feel that you think of when it comes to vulnerability with men or it comes to maybe even just like self-compassion? Because I feel like vulnerability can come, can, can be such a big feeling word that's mm. like already like, no, no, that's too much. But like a softer word maybe is just like right. self-compassion and retreat and, you know. Right. That's a really good question. I mean, the, you know, the, there's uh, definitely people that are starting to explore. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, what what a man looks like and yeah. what um, uh, how that displays itself in the Quran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have yeah. the example of our beloved Prophet mm-hmm. that shows a man of of beautiful um, character, of beautiful compassion, of yeah. amazing empathy, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, deep mm-hmm. deep emotional intelligence, mm. um, of vulnerability even if you will um you know the 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 one example that comes to mind yeah. uh right away is you know the the um man who comes to the prophet peace be upon him and he says uh um he saw the prophet sallam kiss uh, a child um out of compassion out of that's what you do you see a child if you have love in your heart yeah. you just play you yeah. pat them on the head and mm-hmm. the prophet kisses and then uh this man he says i have 10 sons or 10 yeah. children yeah and i never kiss any of them mm. and the prophet's response to him i don't remember the specific response but it was one of 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 rebuke mm. how could you not yeah if, yeah how yeah. how is that being a man mm. that's not being a man exactly a, exactly a being a man is showing compassion yeah. is showing love and yeah. so breaking and that was a that was a stereotypical mold of what a man should be in his yeah. time that that man who didn't show emotion and didn't you know yeah. so so we have that wow. example staring at us right in front of our face mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. if we care to look yeah, I think social cues is a big thing because what we're looking at is messages as well. And I think you brought up, you know, your parents. And I think like for my parents, they were, you know, incredibly loving. And hmm. my father, you know, passed away when I was younger. And so um, he was very, like, very emotionally expressive, you know, and he was Sufi. Nice. And so everything was a little bit of a different experience. And then when I was navigating these Islamic spaces as well, you know, further later on down the line is um, seeing that, that other parents didn't have the same experience as I did. And I thought that my small little community of, 
um, the people that were a little bit more expressive was universal. Mm. And it was so interesting um, how that lack of expression may not be there as well as when it comes to a female entering into a partnership with somebody and then there's in-laws and mm-hmm. then there's all those different yeah. aspects. Yeah. And I think like the female struggle of marrying into a family is, you know, constantly spoken about in terms of like, you know, the mother-in-law and everything. But, you know, a man coming into a family as well yeah. has different layers to it. How, uh, what are some challenges that you've seen in terms of like, um, maybe like, uh, you know, leading the Naga or anything for a young company? Are these yeah, that's couples? a really good question. You know, the um, does appear that young mm-hmm. young men who are, uh, you know, getting married or yeah. in that uh, prior to that time. Exactly. Um, that the lack of social adeptness or mm. social ineptness is very prevalent. Mm. Yes, um, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of young men who just, you're just kind of aloof mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because they've, they've mm. been, you know, I mean, to be very frank, yeah. um, in the... And studies show that, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm. are getting their driver's license later. Yes. They're um, they're they're not sneaking out the way they used to. I used to sneak out when I was a kid because, <laughs> like, I need to get out, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? But now they're cool. They got their little gadgets and yeah. you know, and they can, they think, get yes. their social needs met on exactly. A, they they're having sex later, which is, is a good thing for yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, but that also means something as yeah. to the fact that social um, mm. realities have shifted. That's so and and so that yeah. translates to me, and I mm-hmm, see it mm-hmm. with my own eyes. Yeah, young men who um, just you know the yeah. the, the awkwardness mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm people display yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. inability to carry conversations that's so interesting the inability to go deep yes um, yes when you know what I call or what there's one author who calls yeah. um, uh, conversational narcissism oh, conversational yes, narcissism yes, so yes, you know yes, oh yes, yeah yes. I went yesterday I went to go um, look at a new car because I'm I need to go buy a new car yeah oh yeah is that right I'm trying to do the same thing mm. I'm telling you something that I'm doing that's important to me. I don't yeah. care what you're doing. Just listen to me, hear what I have to say. Wow, and that's and, so normal. But nobody can talk like that anymore. We talk mm. to people, it's immediately about I, yes. me. Yeah. I'm the same way. Competition. Listen to me for a little, a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Engage me. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, trying yeah. about you're looking at what kind of car are you going to buy? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then, yeah. Enga- yeah. and then you know, and then maybe later on you talk mm-hmm. about your. But it's a very ex- the exchanges. Oh. If you really analyze them, yeah, they're very um, they're I, 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 other. me, me, me. Wow. Um, wow. And people don't realize it. No. They're not doing it with a negative intent. No, it's so normal. But that's just become the, yeah. the normalized engagement. That's so interesting. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Sister Yasmin about um, the voyeuristic aspect of social media. Mm. And so also, you know, like how that shifts where if somebody posts that, you know, they, you know, that their parent has passed away and then they, you know, these are the funeral details and everything. Like people like the comment or they comment onto it, but not all those people are showing up to the mm. funeral mm. and what, yeah. what real connection looks like versus yeah. social media. Yes, thank you. You know, um, I've had people in the community you know maybe got invited to speak somewhere or this yeah. and that mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. oh sheikh you know with exclamation points this and yeah. that we would love to have you come this of and that course, course, or this yeah. and that and then i see that yeah. person in person yeah it's so different and i may not even get a salam 
Really? Yeah. And that person, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know them. Of course, barely, of course, barely. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. And then, yeah, but then yeah. I see them. It, well, you, so you communicated when you needed something from me. Yes. Oh, yes. nice and flowery language exactly, like I'm exactly. your best friend. Yeah. But then yeah. I see you in person. You were like 20 feet away. Maybe, wow. you know, you it just simply coming up. And, yes. and I don't really know you. And, you yeah. know, so yeah. come and say salam. So at least I can know who you are, know your exactly. name. Or, or, you know, and oh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, Sheikh, I sent you a message. Did you? Yeah. But they, that that exchange doesn't happen. Yeah. So which is really kind of scary. It's it's um, so common. And it, but it's yeah. I guess reality. And mm-hmm. but to me, it's a scary reality because, yeah. well, that's not how humans have communicated for yes. <laughs> thousands of years, exactly. right? Exactly. Like a it's like a weird it's a weird space where I feel like mm. everybody's just in it, but nobody's really in it, and it's um. I was I, I think Instagram shifted everything, you know, and I'm I'm in my thirties and I remember world before Instagram mm. and then the world after it. Mm. And there's so many people that don't know a world without social media mm-hmm. and that's so confusing to me because like there is this there's this like um like it's not like you're really engaging with people. There is that that competition. But I see people that are going out to dinner with their friends and everyone's on their phones. Mm-hmm. Like they have the photo of them when they walk in, what they're wearing, everything. And then the amount of time that they're actually engaging with the person is maybe 10 minutes, but it's yeah. even associated engagement. Yeah, yeah. Where, and, and then that's where the disconnect is. And I think something very powerful in terms of speaking about like in-depth conversations about real issues and real things, there is no authenticity anymore with mm. conversations. It is, it is very superficial. Do you feel like... Um, have you had like you know so so with that superficiality how do you feel like people can find authenticity or even find islam like how do you you know and especially because a lot of leaders are out there and they are you know using social media because now it's it's trying to be you know as as accessible as possible especially like imam omar Suleiman. and like how how do you navigate authenticity in a world that is so inauthentic yeah I, i think you know it's it's the concept of um you know, like the masters of 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 uh, spirituality, they yeah. they talk about you know um, ha- putting the dunya in your hand, yes. as opposed to it, you know, overtaking who you are and yeah. and it, yeah. it controlling you, right? Mm-hmm. So that same mm-hmm. sort of attitude, I think, would apply to social media. Yeah. When you when you control it, you have it in your hand. Yeah. I'm going to use it for the purpose I need it for. Exactly. Right? Exactly. If I yeah. need to increase mental health awareness mm-hmm. mashallah like you're mm-hmm. doing right yeah. if i need to um mm-hmm. uh you know get out a message or this xyz yeah, or i'm yeah. gonna i have something to offer people and i'm gonna use that platform to, yeah. to that's good that's um, you're doing it in a controlled deliberated yeah. intentional fashion yeah. Um, yeah. but as opposed to it's just everything you do mm. and it's everything is about like just check this check this check yeah. this yeah. you know constantly yeah. flip it around do it and, and exactly. then you know it's controlling you yeah so there are two Definitely. different perspectives right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for you know the some of the scholars of today who yeah. have have uh, leveraged these platforms yeah, to yeah. be able to call people to Islam. I exactly. think that's very admirable, and I yeah. think they're speaking to reality because yeah. that's most people's reality. Exactly. Um, uh, but it takes a very mm-hmm. you know um, 
focused kind of mindset to do that and not to get lost in that world exactly because yeah because it is so easy to get lost in that world and i think um a lot of times you know uh speaking of like you know relationships and connections a lot of the younger generations that are entering marriages like there is a conversation about social media like he's following a lot of females or he Mm. has a lot of females on his Mm. thing or why does he need to engage with them you know when they're married or not and then i think there's a different form of infidelity that's showing up in terms of being a voyeur to all these you know instagram you know models or whatever mm, it is mm. and it's so interesting because it's kind of terrifying that that's now entering spaces of uh, this yeah. like voyeuristic infidelity yeah and yeah. it's and it's and then it's also what it means to be a man so what it means to be a man on social media means you have a lot of female followers because mm. all the other brothers may be checking to see who's following you or whatever mm-hmm. so the more females that you are engaging with like ups your social street cred wow. and it's yeah it's like a whole world <laughs> it's a, it's a whole world that like alhamdulillah it's it's you know it's 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 not like you know uh taking over everybody but it's definitely huge because what does it mean to be a man according to what instagram says i should be and then facebook like nobody liked my facebook likes now like oh my gosh like like, nobody cares like should i delete that photo like it was Mm. a great photo Mm. but nobody liked it and especially brothers navigating social media is like it's it's more terrifying and there's been a lot of um a lot of former clients that i work with that um social media was an impact for them to move forward towards suicidal ideas because they had so much anxiety and depression as to nobody likes me nobody's following me nobody's engaging with me and then there's also like where people purposely bully each other online by liking and commenting mm, other things. Right, right. So it's so interesting, like what that world is as to like yeah. how I'm seeing it, and then like what the perspective is as to like that, you know, that awkwardness that you're talking yeah. about because it's real life. Yeah, it is. I mean, that it's that's rough. You you, yeah. you read these news stories about young people who who kill themselves because yeah. they were bullied in in exactly. cyberspace. Yes, not in person no. i don't want to say not in real life because yeah. it's all real life of course of course uh, yeah but you it's know crazy. not in person yeah. and and um so mm-hmm. the world has changed what would you say to other brothers out there who don't really know how to to like they feel identified by you know whatever they define as a mistake you know challenges where they feel like they're kind of stuck in what right. their past model is right. and they don't think that they deserve to even be you know because people have probably pushed them out as well yeah yeah you know it's that's a good question too um it, I've I've found oftentimes mm-hmm. that uh, young men who are stuck yeah. in their pornography addiction, mm. who are stuck mm-hmm, in their, mm-hmm. um, you know, engaging in some sort of um, sexual act mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. of that sort, or yeah, something yeah. that they really feel shamed about, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and and they they're internally imploding because yeah. they yeah. don't want to be but they have been and yeah. and then how do i get out of that wow um, that's interesting i think there's yeah. two i think there's two things you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. a couple two things worth mentioning here at least yeah. Uh, yeah. that come to mind one is um it shows a very important mm-hmm. uh need mm-hmm. for real muslim male mentorship and role models yes yes in person but the problem is in social media Mm -hmm. how do you find that no so having having that access to physical space yes yes physical spaces where you can find that is really important the masjid traditionally played that um now you know being a chaplain we have that avenue to young men on the university campus and other places where that that needs to be right yeah but with the lack of that 
out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that becomes debilitating be- for young men because yeah. well where are they going to go Social secondly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is what was the second one that was in my mind a second ago <laughs> uh, mentorship on campuses mentorship oh and then that's also tied to um i often find that overly uh that over you know attachment to the sin that they committed or this and that there's also a mental health component tied to that yeah 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 of course why they're engaging in it exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and so whether that has to do with past trauma yeah. and that became an escape route for them and and exactly. then they and they got deep and then mm. they didn't know how to get out yeah um or mm. um uh, maybe a, an obsessive compulsivity um yes uh, and and mm-hmm. or and or other sort of uh, mental health uh, challenges, anxiety that may be tied into that. Exactly, um, that's manifesting in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and those things often get oh, go over un, overlooked. Yeah. You know, not yeah. unnoticed. Exactly. And, and yeah. so. Um, and it furthers. It just keeps furthering yeah. in a different downward yeah. spiral. Yeah. So so for those young people to have a. a point of contact yeah. a reference point where they yeah. can like um mm-hmm. whether it be in a public space yeah. where there there's education and awareness that's going to help mm-hmm. draw that out exactly, exactly or they have a that respectable stand-up mm-hmm. role model that they yeah. can go to and like and yeah. actually just engage with on a one-time yeah. basis exactly and, and if somebody is trained yeah um they can pick that up and and yeah. take that person's hand and you know walk them to a place of goodness you know yeah Definitely. And I think that's, I think access, I think you're talking about huge is access, yeah. access to a safe person right. who can guide you. And I think like, yeah, then they're just turning to social media. Um, so what would you say in terms of like, you know, there's different forms that men are experiencing, uh, you know, hard things that have happened in their life, you know, perhaps when they're younger or older, but just overall within the community, especially like, you know, with all these years that you've been engaged in it. And it's very amazing that, you know, did go through a social work program because that's something that feels so rare, especially within the community and having that, having that, that knowledge and that experience and being able to apply it for so many years. How have you seen like emotional abuse show up for members of our community, all ages, you know, like even in terms of gaslighting um define gaslighting i so, want to put that on you <laughs> yeah so like um it's interesting because people just define it in so many different ways and so what it like the old historical way was that it was as if you are turning it's an abuser who has a, a gas lamp and he's like slowly dimming it and, an, and, a, and a female is saying like oh is it getting darker is it getting darker and he's like no it's in your head it's in your head and then he's like slowly making it darker and still she's like wait and so she loses trust in herself and how she experiences things and he's like slowly manipulating her and so it's interesting because another variation of this is if you're driving on the freeway and um, you're like a, like just like a two-way street and then your assumption is that a car is going to go to the left of you at, without, high, you know, with just normal lights and you guys are going to continue to go, you know, on a mutual direction, you know, in, in respect of authority and rules and, and the universe. But then the person um, high beams you out of nowhere and then and stops the high beam and it throws you off because you've just been high beamed. So it's kind of like that as well with abusers where all of a sudden something happens. You're like, whoa, what just happened? And then the high beam turns off and then you continue on the road and then it happens again and so you don't trust yourself and um you don't you you don't you the partner puts so much uh loss of trust that you have inside of yourself that you start doubting yourself and then you rely on the intelligence of the partner for everything in terms of emotional abuse and um it's it's um 
I see it in in different platforms. You definitely see it in Khalil Center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely see it in um, generational abuse and trauma sort of situations. Yes, yes. From from parents uh, um, who uh, had unhealthy upbringings themselves, um, and and they transmit that into their into their raising of their children, yeah. and then and the, and those children become young men and young mm-hmm. women, and then how that plays out in their lives and their yeah. insecurities, yeah. Um, and their struggle in in the relationships that they get into. And, yeah. and that, you know, that cyclical reality yes. to, to that is, is very prevalent. Exactly. It's, it's, it's um, I see it all the time yeah. um, in the work, in the, in the universities. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that with students. Yeah. Um, uh, we, I see it a lot with, um, you know, even in the masjid space yeah. where um, uh, there's, and you know i've seen it i've seen it perpetrated upon men as well mm, right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we don't like to talk about that that much yeah um i've recently i gave a khutbah on women's rights and so on mm. and it actually was on domestic violence mm-hmm, and in, mm-hmm. in part of that i spoke about islam's um upholding of women's rights and yeah. you know, changing the the whole human narrative yeah. related to that yeah. but a brother came up to me afterwards and he said he said, mm. "He said, man, that was the worst khutbah I ever heard." I said, "Why?" He said, mm. you, "That you know, that everything was about how men are doing women wrong." Mm. And I mentioned in the khutbah that yeah. I've seen both ways, but the yeah, fact yeah, that he yeah. held on to that, wow. right? Like, what was coming up for him? Yeah, exactly. What was wow. coming up for him, right? Wow. And what that meant in his world. Yeah. And um, yeah. so it goes both ways. Yeah. But it but it plays out heavier wow. in the lives of women who are abused by their fathers, by their husbands. Um, and it's normal for them. Yeah, and it's normal, and it's sad. You know, you yeah. see long-term marriages. Yeah. Um, where, um, you know, uh, now they they've been living in that sort of condition for a long time. Exactly. They come to a point in time in life when they're ready to now to make a move out. Yeah. yeah. Um, had to navigate. Have had to help people navigate some of those divorces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. One interesting pattern mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. I've seen is that the oldest daughter, the oldest mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. female, uh, will also become uh, a defender of the younger siblings. So she yes. takes on that, uh, you know, the maternity, yep. uh, maternalizing sort of role, and um, yeah. and and that weighs very heavy on them mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. they face tremendous they face the most amount of trauma out of all the children in the family wow. and so you know those things the 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 family mm-hmm. dynamic and yeah. the family impact yeah and then the how that passes on if there is yeah. no healing that's yes. sought and yes. got in the meantime right yeah for them to help them overcome mm-hmm. it's very impactful and it's very yeah. difficult definitely um, that's so interesting in terms of the, I'm um, sorry, in terms of, of, of the trauma. It's interesting because when my father passed away, I, my older sister, my sister was older than me by just a few years. And, you know, even though we didn't experience, you know, um, like, you know, direct abuse or anything like that, it was just the loss of my father. And I grew up really fast and I had to be the mm-hmm. co-parent mm-hmm. and how that sat with me and how I had to heal from that in so many different ways and the guilt and the shame. And I can only imagine that um, individuals that maybe had to protect the rest of their siblings, the guilt to move on with their life 
life without having to constantly be worried about right. the success of right. their of their correct siblings. and that's Pana, that's that's even further um kind of institutionalized in certain cultures where you don't get married yes. until the oldest one gets married exactly and then yeah. you know how the and well the oldest one is burdened with all this other stuff yeah, and yeah. they're look or you know all of these different things that so go much. on yeah that you tie them to different cultural realities yeah yeah but those but if those cultural um kind of standards mm-hmm. um combined with the trauma that people may have faced in their lives, yeah. um, those and those can really go wrong sometimes exactly. too. So. Yeah, and it's and, and on top of like normal life, like whether you're in college or whether you're you know yeah, health, absolutely. like everything absolutely. else is related. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, what would you say? So, just like you know, like what, like there's so much shame, right? There's so much shame in asking for help and being vulnerable and whatever it is, or you know, seeing that you need compassion. So, what would you yeah. say to like a listener out there, you know, who is maybe a young brother, maybe a father who yeah. is struggling, you know, maybe even with substances, and yeah. they feel so ashamed to yeah. even go up to a religious leader or anybody and ask yeah. for help? Like, what would you say to them to 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 help them through it, perhaps? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and uh, I think so important. Uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah la yughayiru ma biqawmin hatta yughayiru ma bi anfusihim. Um, that Allah does not change the condition of a people until they change their condition themselves. Mm. So what that means in in regards to the question that you brought up yeah, is that yeah. you need to take a first step. Yes. You need to take a first step. The the help is not going to magically fall from the sky. Yes. <laughs> you make dua. Yes. Ask Allah. But then you have to go out and physically do something. Yeah, yeah. go seek somebody out. Yeah, and and at least you know mm-hmm. the the majority of the imam circles that I'm yeah. connected with, yeah. they're people of compassion, of exactly. empathy. Yeah, they yeah. understand real life. They know people fall into holes and pits and yes. traps. Yeah. Um, you know, occasionally we'll see a fellow imam fall into some of those yeah. pits themselves. Yeah. Um, and so we see it. Uh, and and you know, we have a lot of love and compassion, and um, uh, uh, we're going to try to give people encouragement. Yes. Look, you've done wrong. Yeah. But you do like our father Adam did when he did wrong. He asked Allah for forgiveness, and and then he moved on. Um, he didn't get stuck at that point in, yeah. in despair, and so yeah. so we do have to take these steps. Um, you do have to reach out. You do have yeah. to. Um, uh, you do have to make that, you know, initial reach yeah. out, and yeah. Um, yeah. I- and from there, if you get in touch with the right people, they can facilitate, expedite that process for you. Yeah. But you also, you also have to be resilient. You know, you exactly. have to keep moving, moving forward, moving ahead, mm-hmm. um, being strong. Get help from a mental health professional when you need to. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, yeah, there's yeah. great organizations in the community like Khalil Center and yeah. others. I've met some amazing um, people of beautiful energy and beautiful soul and spirit mm-hmm. and iman mm-hmm. uh, in the Muslim community who are in who are involved in this work. Yeah. Marriage, family therapists, yeah. psychologists, social workers, etc. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They do this work because they love doing this work and they yeah. love helping people. Mashallah. And they... Um, and they do it because they have love for their fellow Muslims. Mm. And they don't, you know, mm-hmm. they want to mm-hmm. see uh, people 
you know uh, prosper and yeah. thrive in life so so there's a lot of good people out there yeah. and um, there's a lot of resources out there yeah um, and in you know uh, in, in most localities where we are and even if you're off in some small far off community or this mm-hmm. and that there's resources, you know, we provide, for example, web uh, therapy yeah. at Khalil Center. And there's other places that do the yeah. same. So mm-hmm. access yeah. is something that you need to seek out. Yeah. But the resources are there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, may Allah help help uh, all of us to help ourselves. Like, how can people get in touch? Like, what support is available? Right. Um, Alhamdulillah, Khalil Center has offices in different uh, cities throughout the nation. Um, some cities throughout the nation. And... In Southern California area, mm-hmm. um, in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, in I see you smile when I said the Bay Area, um, <laughs> yeah. Chicago. See, I noticed. Um, in New York, mm-hmm. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So there's these are physical locations where yeah. people can you know get the help they need. Yeah. all of the staff are people who are um, receive who are credentialed um, in their various fields to to provide this service yeah, um, yeah. To, to to provide what we call um, traditional Islamic Islamically integrated psychotherapy mm-hmm. and and what that means is they have their credentials from yeah. from their various universities yeah. um, uh, and many licensed folks within our organization mm-hmm. or, or seeking licensure yeah. and then on top of that um, there's a lot of internal training yeah. that goes uh, on in terms of bringing people up to speed, the clinicians themselves, yeah. uh, with and helping provide the staff with an Islamic framework yeah. by which we help. Because we know that um, uh, to be, we talk about wholeness, we talk yes. about yes. Uh, wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, these are important terms. Yeah. Yeah. The spirit is a big part of that whole. Yes, <laughs> yes, If you were to take yes. a circle and you put where the, what the spirit comprises yeah. of that circle, yeah. or if that circle being your whole being, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the most important part. Yeah, And so that needs to be healed mm. or that needs to be directed and, yeah. you know, nurtured and yeah. uh, um, engaged yeah. along with the emotional self, of along course. with... Um, um, you know, the biological self and seeking healing in yeah. all of those different components of the human uh, mm-hmm. being. So Definitely. Alhamdulillah, we have, um, you know, uh, we we were the largest provider of Muslim mental health services in the nation. And, sure. um, and we're very proud of uh, what we do and very um, committed to the communities we work in. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and and for those that don't have direct access, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, we have um, services that are available via the web, and um, and uh, provide individual yeah. premarital, marital, yeah. family counseling. Yeah. Um, and and we have experts within the organization that yeah. have different expertise yeah. amongst along the spectrum of different mental health disorders. Yeah. Um, that you That's know. That's amazing. There's there's plenty of people out there to help. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the web component, I think, is really important because um, there's a lot of shame and fear of even coming into an office, Mm. like who's going to see me in the office, especially because our community is so connected. So having that web portion is really great and especially the the reach of a lot of people. So people that may be listening to this may be from different parts of, you know, uh, the states as well as, as the world. And that's so wonderful. Do you feel like in terms of like if somebody feels ashamed to ask for help or they feel like 
perhaps uh, they've fallen in their faith and you know and that's where where, th- where struggles are happening like yeah. the terms of like you know look dude it's written for me to experience something painful yeah. and they feel guilty stepping out of something that was written for them yeah yeah that's that's a good uh, thing that's something important needs to be addressed yeah. um that sort of fatalism can very be very debilitating for yeah. people and um, that well, this is what Allah written wrote for me to happen, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. therefore you know I'm gonna accept it. And um, but we, but you, but us as human beings, we have the ability to also make decisions. Yes, yes, and yes. So there is this dual reality that plays, and um, um, and as I mentioned before, yeah, you make yeah. a step. Um, then you're opening up the door for the divine help uh, to also pour in. Yeah. And um, so that that does yeah. that does need some um, uh, fortitude of the heart. Yes. And yes. it does need some. It does need mental shift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A mental yeah. shift within within ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But and and it's all it's all doable. And when people feel like I can't do it, yeah. then we reach out to somebody else, yeah. um, who who will lift us up a little bit to exactly. to you know confirm and validate to us that we can do it. Exactly, um, and there's no shame. Yeah, no, absolutely not. What would you say to a brother who's in a toxic relationship, mm, mm. um, that is verbally abusive and you know, and maybe even physically abusive, and feels shame because maybe he doesn't want, he's not the type who will you know hit you know or physically you know respond back to those attacks yeah. what would you say that he's the the victim you're talking yeah okay. yeah mm. what would you say to him who is doesn't even know where to begin to ask for support because he feels yeah. so ashamed yeah yeah um you know the beauty of seeking out uh, uh mental health um assistance yeah is that everything is done in confidence yes. done in privacy yes 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 um, done behind closed doors um so number one uh, for example um uh, the khalil center were very conscious of you know even people just coming into the space they they don't want even others to see them we're conscious of that yeah but yeah even even if let's say Somebody sees you walking down the street or driving yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. Nobody knows what you're there for. Yeah. Right. So and so so um, that uh, privacy and confidentiality yeah. is is um, is there for the protection of the people that and we understand that people come in vulnerable and yeah. we know that people um, have these uh, hesitations and yeah. So A lot so of fear. and and whether somebody's at the at the receiving end of abuse yeah and i'll even put this out there if somebody's out uh, if somebody's on the perpetuating yes. end of the abuse in other yes. words somebody is battering their spouse yeah. or their somebody else beloved to them and, yeah. and they find themselves to be the one that's uh, yeah. metting out that abuse yeah yeah then there's help for those individuals as well right mm. we're not going to throw out people because they've done certain things. We'll be upset at them as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there may be even disappointment in other things, but ultimately we want to see everybody be yeah. well. Yeah. Right? We want to yeah. see everybody be good. Mm-hmm. And that person who, even if they were abusive to somebody, their spouse for yeah. years, yeah. they're still a father. Yes. They're still 
a son or a brother or this yeah. and that they still yeah. have ties to the community yeah um and we can't excommunicate people yeah. um, even in those scenarios i'm gonna 1000 percent advocate for the victim of course, um, of course. Uh, on the receiving uh, the person that's on the receiving end of that abuse and they're yeah. going to be our number one priority um because they've they've suffered um and oftentimes suffered yeah uh deeply yeah. and for a long time mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. going to be the number one priority but at yeah. the same time uh even those that are um you know on the on the perpetrating end we're yeah. we're also um concerned about them as well definitely and it's like that quote of like those who hurt have been hurt themselves mm -hmm. that's and, right and that that's that right. cycle of violence and all of that the, and the beauty, beauty of dua is that it's positive self-talk yes. in psychological terms yeah is yeah, positive yeah, self-talk yeah. for us as muslims it's much more than that yeah. it's divine conversation right so we're we're conversating and asking from allah um but we are at the same time uh, manipulating our thought process yeah by infusing it with all of these wants and desires and hopes and yes. interests um and then and that's the first step in you know and activating yeah, um, yeah. Uh, other external resources to come for us whether they be from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or from other people yeah and allah yeah. sends other people to us yes as a result of our our, our prayers yeah so um so dua is a very very powerful uh, means that you know we want to engage in in any state of mind in any especially when we're in a in a situation of difficulty and and uh um we feel restricted we feel yeah. constricted we feel yeah. mm -hmm. uh, hopeless yeah. um, that's yeah. an absolute time to employ that yeah i think it's very powerful and i think a lot of times when people feel hopeless they may feel disconnected from the faith and they may feel like you know like how can i possibly have faith in god if this bad thing is happening to me and then that pulling away so i think it's powerful that you're saying that just by saying a small dua and like really knowing the history behind it can really really provide a healing something so beautiful and amazing of, of of this conversation and you know thank you for you know being a part of this is that i'm this is probably rare. It's probably rare for people to hear uh, conversations about vulnerability, shame, even just like, you know, those OCD tendencies we were talking about earlier, even male abuse. And I think like a lot of members of our Ummah across the world, even within the States, have had bad experience with religious leaders who talk about mental health in a weird way. And then they like, it's just like this, this, this entire thing may be a huge breath of fresh air where they felt so stigmatized or they felt so stuck. And now, you know, the, these things are, uh, these conversations are starting to be talked about and stuff like that. Um, and I think like, you know, when you're speaking of Khalil Center's like approach and everything, something that's super um, important that often gets missed when we're thinking of Islamic um, individuals who also practice, you know, psychotherapy is it's not, you know, forcing people to go to these conservative aspects of like getting closer to the Quran. It's just literally a lens within it. So can you describe just that part a little bit more of it's like, you know, you're like, yes, it's it's a Muslim person who's a therapist, yeah. but it's somebody who's like that holistic approach. Just a little uh, bit more about Yeah, that. I'll give you an example that yeah. kind of uh, highlights what you just talked about. And mm -hmm. I have to make it very vague so it doesn't um, reveal any personality or anything. But course, there was a yeah. person that came um, and uh, recently, and they said, you know, I'm in this household. It's very yeah. toxic. There's a couple of people in the in the household that are um, addicts okay. to certain substances. Yeah. And, That's tough. Um, and um, in a 
when one of them was intoxicated yeah, yeah. this is the this is the uh, one of the the male siblings speaking about his the the brother speaking about his sister when mm. she was intoxicated as yes. she always is um, and she started escalating things and so on yeah and yeah, i and yeah. i hit her mm. and the mother was also there in that session and wow um so the mother says to me she says you know so um, yeah yeah like uh is there any dua or yeah. or quran the surah that you can teach my son so course, that he yeah. can i i my response was yeah there are certain uh, things that we want to read in a time of a certain yeah. state of mind and so yeah. but the issue there is that it was a very toxic sort of toxic you know uh. completely loaded situation yes 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 and yes. yeah and Yes, your son overstepped a certain yeah. boundary. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely by yeah. by you know striking his sibling. But there's no magic formula to fix that. No. Um, yeah. You know there was there were so many other things going on. Yeah. So you know we yeah we have to we we don't we don't um, use the the Quran as a as a means of somehow magically wiping out people's bad behaviors yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so on and so forth. But we, we help people understand themselves themselves. Yeah. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. And to unlock uh, the, um, the strengths within themselves yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. To, to, uh, and to untie certain knots mm, that uh, yeah. exist in people's thinking patterns and, yeah. and, uh, and help them to unload certain emotional realities. I'm stating, yeah. you know, deeper, clinical sort yeah. of matters in very simple sort of terms yeah yeah um and, and on top of that we will give people certain um you know a certain uh push yeah or motivation yeah or quranic reference exactly um, yeah or to um to help them to see themselves uh as a human being just yeah. like uh, prophet such and such was a exactly. human being and, yeah, uh, yeah, and so to yeah. help them make those connections to give them um, uh, certain uh, perspectives that yeah. are Muslim perspectives that yeah, are yeah. and uh, I should say an Islamic perspective is nothing that other than what the what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has planted inside of us yeah, because yeah. he's prescribed for us a way of life yeah. uh, a way of knowing ourselves, and so that's very important in in terms of framing things with people yeah. um but that's but, huge but absolutely wow. so so it's it's providing the um the therapy for people and yeah. um, uh th- through the different mo- modalities that exist out there yeah. in the general therapeutic world in the general exactly. community of therapists and so on and so forth wow. but but from a perspective that's completely informed by yeah. who we are as muslims yeah. and what um our Lord teaches us and what exactly. his prophet uh, peace be upon him uh, um, taught us how to live yeah that's so powerful it's so beautiful and you know thank you for sharing so much and taking the time for this and I think something amazing is that you know like just like you know I've been around you a few times and stuff and it feels <laughs> like you know like you're just such a compassionate easy person to talk to and the power of you know like a, an Islamic you know individual an Islamic community member who you 
is from a community of color speaking out about mental health and and bringing up these clinical things it's completely different than you know somebody who's outside of the community and everything like that and it's great to know that those resources are available online so even if people may not see safe people around them they know that the Khalil Center is safe and available so yeah do you have any last words or anything no I'm I'm, uh, it's it's nice it's refreshing to see people like yourself in this space doing this work raising awareness um you have you know it's very apparent that you have a tremendous amount to offer and that you've been doing some incredible things from our conversations in the past and so may allah increase you and continue to bless you in your work and um and uh help you to be a means by which uh people can um uh, see seek healing and seek um uh, a, a whole you know sense of being and and uh and may allah allow us to always um, be sincere in what we do and and may Allah help us um, uh, to help our communities I mean I mean